And then the thing I love about podcasts these days, guys, is that they all just kind of jump into the middle of people's conversations, and that's the place it starts, and there's no actual introduction to it. Uh, anybody else enjoy that? Brandon, you like podcasts that just start out of the blue like that? They're my favorite. They're the best ones to listen to. No, I, nothing worse than having to skip ahead to the first 10 minutes because everyone has to talk about their weekends. Exactly. Yeah. Ex- hear what's going on. Exactly, exactly. None of us hadn't had interesting weekends. It's the AJHL podcast, by the way. Tyler King, Brandon Ewan Session from Spruce Grove, Nathan Crosby from Brooks. There, nobody has to skip ahead anymore, and it's already going to be the best podcast in AJHL history. Wanted to start off with you guys talking about the league this year and just how nice it is to be back to a little bit of normalcy in the AJHL. Last year, you know, we, we did as much as we all could. You know, all three of us are involved in a lot of different ways with our teams, but it really wasn't quite the same. We're almost, we're approaching the halfway mark of the season so far this year, and Nathan, and I think it's fair to say this feels a lot like 2019-20, which was a heck of a year for the league and the last normal one that we had. Yeah, certainly. And I think the thing that I'm just thinking about now is the, the Bandits have played 28 games. Like, we're, we're two away from the halfway point of the regular season. How did, like, how did that happen? It feels like at the beginning of the year, everything, and you guys work for teams, you know what it's like at the start of the year where it's just, like, chaos and – September 16th, the game started counting for two points, and all of a sudden, we're at the end of November, there's been a ton of transactions, player movement. Like, we, we play a team at the beginning of the year and then wait a couple months. We just had this with Black Falls, where we played them at the beginning of the year, didn't play them until this past weekend, and, like, it's the rosters look completely different. And so that's interesting to me and to see just where it's all gone in the standings. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of interesting things happening in both the South and the North. So that's that's what's really stood out to me is, is just the, the the speed of this season. It just seems to be to be flying by. And the other thing that's crazy is like the Bandits have played 28 games. You look at some other teams that are at like 21 games, like Sherwood Park. Um, so it's it's it'll all catch up in the end. But for me, it just seems like the season's flying. Well, the it's nice thing fun. too, Brandon, real quickly, is that we're not going to have that huge gap like we did a year ago, where some teams play eight games and some play 22, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and we're coming off a week where we had uh, four games in, in five days. And I, I know there's nothing worse than having uh, a guy complain about the schedule, but uh, I'm going to in this case for last week because we had a Santa Claus parade wedged in the middle of that as well. Hey, we're Brandon, how's fun, it felt up We're on a fun road trip right now. Like, we, we were at home on Friday, a one and back to GP on Saturday. We have a beautiful one and back to Fort McMurray on Wednesday, a day off, and then right into a game on Friday. So I think. Two of the worst down and backs in one day in the AJHL, and we get to do them both in the same week, so that's lots of fun. But uh, no, it has gone by quick. I mean, you look back, and you're still making your motion graphic templates for the season start and the home opener video, and this just the other week, I'm saying to players in an interview, hey, we're a quarter of the way through the season. No, we're not. We're almost halfway through the season. It's uh, It's gone by quick, and that's largely in part due to the fact that everything's back to normal. The fans are in the building. There's a buzz in the building. We can sell beer. We can sell food. We can do the activations on the ice. There's a buzz. There's an atmosphere. It's been lots of fun so far. Um, And it's one of those situations where you don't know what you have until it's gone. And we didn't have it for two years. Now that it's back, it's just so much better because, you you know, you go into the situation where, okay, we got to go like this. We got to go without beer. We got to go without the fans. It's just so much better to have it back. It's it's refreshing, it's exciting, and it makes you want to go to the rink. 
the the best thing we could possibly have for the AJHL, you know, is is the teams also tight in the standings at the same time because that's what makes for really entertaining games night in and night out. In one division, Brandon, we definitely have that. I mean, in the North, you guys in Spruce Grove have have started to pull away a little bit, but there's some teams right behind you that have games in hand, and and two right on down to five is really right up in the air because among those teams that are behind Spruce Grove in the standings, you know, Sherwood Park has scored 15 more goals than they've allowed. Yes, they had that huge blowout win at the showcase, but it speaks to, you know, how high quality of a team they are. And if the playoffs started today, they wouldn't have home ice advantage. So the North Division seems like it's pulled a lot of those teams together this year. And what's that meant for your games sort of night in and night out for the Saints this year? Yeah, it's only about 14 points right now that separate two from seven. And Spruce Grove, yes, pulling away a little bit, but not by much at all. And to answer your question, it's made things a lot more exciting because, you know, in past seasons, you're playing Grand Prairie, you might expect a win from Spruce Grove. Well, the Saints are only three and two against the Storm this season, meaning that anybody in the division can win a hockey game. And I'm looking forward to Wednesday. It's the first matchup of the year between us and Fort Mac, um, two teams that over the years have not liked each other too much. We had to play each other like eight times in that COVID season where we were there for four, they were down here for four, and we saw a lot of them. And I think the rivalry built up a little bit, even though that season didn't mean anything. But it makes things fun because you go in there and you don't know who's going to win the game. I mean, we were trailing to Drayton Valley twice last weekend. We were down to Black Falls. Not that that's a North Division team, but the parody is lots of fun. And uh, going into a broadcast, for an example, you're going into a third period down by a goal. It makes the audience more engaged. It makes the fans want to watch the game. And overall, it's a better product on the ice. No, I absolutely agree. And, and Nathan, we might not have the same uh, tightness in the South standings right now, but I, I think outside of the great start that Brooks is off to right now, we're, we're seeing some pretty high-quality play in the South, and I think it connects to sort of my next topic as well, which is the teams are just racking up the NCAA Division One commitments as of late. This could go down as a record year, I think, for the AJ in terms of the number of players who commit to schools in season. And, you know, the South and the North both have that. South maybe not quite so much on the parity side, but the quality of play seems to be keeping up fairly well. Is that fair to say? I would say so, and I think you look at the... In the South Division, especially two through six, it's tight. I mean, Canmore is one of those teams that keeps surprising teams. I think they did it to Brooks at the beginning of the year, and and they've had some. I would count them as part of that group there, uh, kind of two through six. I and mean, the Bandits obviously uh, um, have had a yes, as you said, Tyler, a good start. And I I realize I twenty twenty five one and one. I think right. Well, one I'm and two, to sorry. Sound... 25, one and two. My bad. My bad. I gave you too much credit there. Yes. And I'm trying to, to remain, uh, you know, pretty level headed here. Uh, but two through six in the South, I think is very interesting. Camrose, Black Falls. I mean, they they're keep switching spots there in the standings. Um, Black Falls, them, they're an improved team from their inaugural season last year. And you're seeing that this year, even without Tyler Wallace, these last few games, um, They've looked stronger uh, than last year and are really changing the whole dynamic of that division. Drum Heller had a slow start to the season. They've come on here in November after a, a not so good October. So, and then Camrose kind of did the opposite thing. They had a really good start, good October, and then November just hasn't really gone the Kodiak's way. Didn't have a good trip up to GP and Whitecourt. So, the, yeah, the South Division I, I think is still pretty interesting to watch, and I don't know how it's going to play out. I think Okotoks uh, can. You know, had a rough weekend last weekend, but are showing that they're going to be uh, a force in the South again this year. And, and I mean, with the way the schedule works, Brooks and Okotoks 
had those couple games back on Thanksgiving weekend, don't play them again until January. And I think that is as the, those Okotoks teams usually are after Christmas, they get better and better. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to those four matchups after Christmas between Brooks and uh, Brooks and Okotoks. So uh, as, as for the, the, the division one commitments, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy in this league to see, well, you look at Black Faults. I mean, they're right there. You got five guys that were on the roster when they were in Brooks last weekend with uh, NCAA Division One commitments on there. With uh, Brett Meerman going to Augustana, uh, J- uh, Jason Seedham to, to New Hampshire. So, I mean, it's not just one team that's holding on to all the Division One commitments. You're seeing it across the board, which is really nice. Uh, Spruce Grove just had another one uh, with Oakenfold. So, I mean. Kudos to to all these teams, and uh, I that's my, one of my favorite things. Like, is just when the lineups are tweeted out. I always like looking at the the new logos and seeing who's on there. Yeah, no, me too. And and what's really cool is this month has kind of been themed by that because you mentioned those two commitments from Black Falls, Brett Meerman and Jason Seedham commit. I think within a span of three days, one was on November first, the other was November fourth. Then Camrose does pretty much the same thing. Ryan Sullivan commits uh, to Colgate on November first, Callum Gow on November the third, and it's all just been this swath of commitments. And Brandon, as, as Nathan mentioned there, you know Carter Oakenfold on the Spruce Grove side too, and and it seems like it's kind of got a ballooning effect because the more committed players you have in the AJHL, the more Division One scouts are going to be watching the AJHL simply to keep up with their recruits. And I think that's a major way that they take notice of some of these uncommitted players, because otherwise they might not have been watching the games. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also the time of year, too, where these athletes are able to sneak out for those one or two days, go on their fly down, check out the school, and then make a decision uh, mid-November, end of November, which obviously plays a critical role. But even going back to earlier in the season, in the preseason, before the NCAA coaches have to go back to their respective cities to begin their program, they like to browse around the AJHL and check out a preseason game or two before the regular season even even starts. And in the case of Carter Oakenfold, I think he was actually watched during the preseason. I'm not sure how many games RPI watched after the fact during the regular season because their coaching staff was back in upstate New York doing their job. Um, and, and it just goes to show how every game counts and just about it happening right now. you got to wonder if the tool of video and the highlights that more and more teams are starting to put out allow these scouts and programs to watch these players more now in a more in-depth level, they get to see a look or two of a goal and a replay and maybe a social post highlighting their name. Um, I think that's also paid dividends as of late too. Yeah, I think the biggest difference right now is that, I mean, I'm thinking like eight, nine years ago, you'd be lucky if you brought up a video of an AJHL game and you could even tell which player was which. You couldn't even read the numbers on the jersey. So just in the sense of of video quality, it's gotten better. But Nathan, I know it's it's a point of pride for you guys in Brooks, too. You know, one thing that's very interesting, I think, about about Brooks and, frankly, Spruce Grove, you know, Black Falls is doing a really significantly improved job on their video production this year, too, is it doesn't just help the home team. There's a simple fact that schools will tell you we try to watch uh, players we're interested in when they're the road team in rinks where we know we're going to get a good view. And Nathan, I know that that's something that I think for Brooks, even if it doesn't benefit your team, it benefits the league. And that's a positive in and of itself. Except when Brooks wears the black jerseys. Yeah, then we have no idea who anybody is, right? Yeah, yeah. never again. <laughs> and uh, shout out to my color guy, Ken Flurry, who uh, loves it when we wear the black jerseys. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, other than that, um, even, and I'm, I'm joking, of course, but yeah, the, certainly, and you've seen it just ramp up, not just in Brooks, but across the other teams in the league, 
your guys' teams, amongst others, uh, you know, Black Falls' cameras. Like, we're seeing some quality video production for it, Mac. Um, you know, I, it's important. The dual audio thing has been introduced this year, which I know, Tyler, you're passionate about, and we wanted to see in this league for a while now. And so now we're starting to see some teams in this uh, in the league do it. And the feedback I'm getting from Brooks fans, that's the only ones I've, I've heard from on this, but, you know, because with the amount of times we, we do all our games on the radio, uh, on, on, the, on the road, and the amount of times people are, are still saying, oh, we wish we could still get that, that uh, Brooks broadcast on the uh, away feed on hockey TV. So, I mean, there's still room for improvement there and uh, and hoping that we can get all 16 teams one day uh, up to speed on this because I think it, it would only just help us all. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And let me ask you guys, before we run out of time, I want to talk about the cutdown date that's coming up because you know we still got more than a week to go, so there's plenty of time, but these teams have to get down to 23 carded players by that December 1st deadline. And what's interesting that kind of unites all three of us is each of our teams has made a major acquisition from Drayton Valley as of late as part of those near-deadline moves. My team got Rylan Brown. Brandon, you guys got Caden Chabot very recently. And Nathan, you guys have had Tyler Blocka lighten it up on the forward side too. So obviously some GMs have already made their moves and kind of set their strategy moving forward but i wonder as, as we saw just you know earlier today um that hayden prasovsky got traded by drumheller to lloyd minster there's going to be some names maybe we don't expect to see on the move um that end up moving you know from team to team in this next little bit and i think the parity in the north might give a lot of teams reason to believe that they're buyers i don't know if people are going to give up in the South or anything like that because of how good of a, of a start that Brooks has had, but certainly it's a very different picture there. What are your guys' expectations for deadline? I think both of your teams have already made some pretty pretty significant moves, but Brandon, maybe starting with you, how busy is the North going to be? Because a lot of teams might say, hey, you know, Spruce Grove's made some big moves. It's time for us to try to keep up with them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and the biggest part of the AJHL is nobody has draft picks as gambling cards, so they have to trade you know, PDFs or futures, and that goes a long way as well. There's certain teams that need, obviously, that little niche player, whether it's a goalie or a guy that can put the puck in the net or play strong defensively. From a Spruce Grove standpoint, I'm not sure where the hockey operations staff is going to go. Obviously, there are a couple holes that could be addressed or could be improved, but that's like anything. Um, being that the division is so tight, you know, do you – do you think they go more after the goaltender position? Do you think they go more after the guy that can put the puck in the net? But at the same time, if you're the team giving up those things, maybe you don't want to do it because the division is so tight. So it's it's going to be interesting. I don't work in hockey operations, and that's for a reason. It's lots of fun to sit back and watch the guys that do their job and make the big bucks and put the guys actually on the ice. But uh, from a fan perspective and a broadcaster perspective, I couldn't tell you for certain what's going to happen up here in the north. It should be lots of fun once the rosters are set and we get closer into crunch time and into the new year. Yeah, and just to piggyback out there on uh, on Brandon, but from a self perspective, I mean, I certainly the the Hayden Prasovsky trade to Lloyd is an interesting one because Lloyd hasn't been as active as some of the other teams we've seen. Uh, but it, it does seem I don't know about the other t about you two, but it just seems like over the last few weeks the 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 trades the transactions has been busy. That page it it seems like every time you hit refresh on the AJ website, there's more transactions uh, across the board, which is interesting to me. So. Uh, you know, I, I think Spruce Grove getting Caden Chabot, I mean, I certainly when, when Drayton Valley fell back there in the standings there, and he's a 20 who's had a, a terrific career in this league, you knew that there would be teams interested in him. So what a, what a huge add 
for Spruce Grove to get Chabot and kind of a message to the rest of the league uh, by the Saints. So, I mean, from, from a bandit point of view, Ryan Papuano is always looking to to make his roster better. Um, you know, and the team right now is having this great start. But, you know, I think if you talk to him, he still always thinks there's room for improvement. He's like any coach. They always they're never satisfied. They're always looking to improve. Um, so I, I, the, the goaltending situation is interesting in some of these markets, though, that have a couple of veteran goaltenders that maybe could be on the move in both divisions. So that might be something uh, to watch. Uh, we, we saw Drum Heller. They just added a goalie here um, with the, the Choquette goaltender that they added at their, their road trip there last weekend. So see how he can if he can uh, strengthen that position for them. And uh, so that'd be a team to watch because drums come on as of late and they've come up the standings. I think the South is going to have a really interesting second half, though, in, and uh, not just with transactions, but with play on the ice. I totally agree with you there. And let me leave it with you guys with one final note, which will try to make a, a theme if it ends up being a good one for the for the return of the AJHL podcast. But I want to get a thought from each of you on something you're going to be looking at for this upcoming week in the AJHL that maybe we can come back to next Monday and uh, see if you were right, see if uh, any developments did happen. We've talked about that December 1st cutdown date, but that's over a week away. In the short term, Nathan, let me start with you and then and Brandon, you chime in right after. Nathan, what are you going to look for this week? I um, mean, what I know is, again, a busy week week for you guys in Brooks. Yeah, um, two, well, two home games coming up this weekend. We go to Calgary on Tuesday night, and then Olds comes here Friday night. And then another game against Black Falls on Saturday. We just had the Bulldogs in here last weekend. I was I had that game circled on my calendar because we hadn't played them since September, and that's the only regulation loss Brooks had so far this year. So uh, there was a lot of buzz in the in the building on uh, this past Saturday with Black Falls in town. It was a great game. I'm really looking forward again to this matchup on Saturday to see if the Bandits can match the energy they had last weekend against Black Falls because I thought that the Bandits had played their fourth game in five nights. It was so important that they started strong against Black Falls this last Saturday. They're going to have to do that again this weekend. I think that is a Certainly one of the games of the week is the, the Brooks-Black Falls game that is happening again this Saturday. I'll go three quick things. and The first one's going to be the Saints taking on Fort Mac. And although it's not one versus two in the standings, it pretty well, pretty well might be. If you look at the games played column for Fort McMurray, only 23, and they're only one point back of that third spot. So it might as well be one versus two for right now. That's going to be lots of fun. Uh, especially on a tough travel day for Spruce Grove. Secondly, let's see if there's some goaltender movement in that North Division. You go through the teams. Connor McKenzie comes out for me. Severson from the Bobcats comes out for me. There's a lot of good goaltenders in that North Division. Do teams at the top look to make themselves better? We'll find out. And lastly, World Junior A. We're almost getting to that time where the rosters might be coming out. We might get to see some leaks as to who made the squad for Team Canada West. Could be this week, could be next week, but that's on the future uh, Look out as well. Totally agree with you on World Junior A. I, I, going back to our first topic of getting back to normalcy, I miss that annual uh, you know, exercise of complaining about who didn't get invited to the Team <laughs> Canada West camp. That's way more entertaining than actually watching the games or, or watching the event. It's more so figuring out who on your team was snubbed and then using the opportunity on broadcast to complain about it for a few days. And it's the first time without BC, correct, that the World Junior A is going to happen. So will we see yes. a lot more AJ Chellers on that squad? Yes, because our league is amazing. Exactly. Well, we'll see how they fare out in Cornwall with December 10th to 19th. The, probably. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Nathan, did you have another thing on that? 
I no, I was going to say the BC thing, just about Team Canada West and, and no BCHL. So that's going to be yeah. very interesting. I, I'm ex- I'm expecting a lot of AJ players to be on Team Canada West, and and how that will affect things here in December. Uh, there's some big games coming up in December. Brooks, uh, Brandon, we're going to be up there in mid-December. Uh, there's a game in Black Faults for Brooks as well that month. So, uh, and that's just from my perspective. I'm sure there's other uh, games in that month that are going to be affected by this. Yeah, that's one I had circled as well, is how many players are our two teams going to be missing for their last regular season matchup of the season? Yeah, yeah, my two teams are so good. Anyway, <laughs> hey, um, we, we see Okotoks the week before, too, so maybe they'll be gone by then as well. Not sure. Fair I enough, fair feel, enough. Tyler, I feel like I haven't seen you forever because we, we had those games at the start of the year, and then you guys, for some reason, the schedule decided to not uh, match us up again until January. So yeah. I guess well, I you're, got my Merry Christmas out of the way now. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to be in Calgary before then. I'm not. I'm not that far away. I'm, I'm sure our paths will cross in some form or another, right? Yeah, no, I don't avoid you at all. No, okay, well, that that makes one of you. Um, final thing, I'll leave with my notes for this coming week. Um, I totally agree with you guys on all of yours. Final one for me. There's going to be two quick ones. Can Okotoks start to score again? If they can get you know some of these players back in the lineup and get their offense rolling, this is a team that can really make a charge in those south standings. Most of their losses have been by one or two goals this year. But the big one for me, it's in the south again. It's Drumheller's schedule this week. If you look at what they've got, they've got Olds tomorrow night, and they're on a start of a five-game homestand, which is going to be huge for them. They've got Olds. They've got Black Falls, and then they've got Camrose on Saturday night. If they can sweep those three, and, and you guys mentioned, uh, Nathan, you mentioned Liam Choquette coming in for Drumheller. I saw him on Friday night. He's the real deal and was a huge reason why Drumheller beat Okotoks that night. If they can go on a run here, all of a sudden they can redefine that whole picture in the AJHL South standings because their slow start to the year was probably one of the biggest surprises. They might get things right back to normal in the course of three games because those games against Black Falls and Camrows are super, super important points. I'll cut it off there because we're over time. Brandon, Nathan, appreciate it as always. Those of you tuning in on whatever platform on the AJHL podcast, subscribe right now. It's going to be the best AJHL-centered podcast you've ever heard in your life. And thanks for tuning in.